Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, and as the Drop-In CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to mitigate crises and help teams get back on track. This podcast is about helping the C-suite leader to navigate challenges with confidence. For today's leader, I'm here to help you get back on track. Tomorrow's leader, let me partner with you to learn the secrets of the C-suite. Wherever you're at in your career, this is the podcast for you. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, your host, and I'm so grateful you've joined us again. And if you are new to the show, a sincere thank you, and thank you to the person that introduced you to the show. We love listeners. We love all of your support, the Drop-In CEO community. But this week, I want to start with a little something different. What I'm excited about, we have testimonials from our community that I wanted to share with you. And again, I want to share the good stories with you because when we can know what is working well, when people are excited about the work we are doing, it energizes us to continue to move forward. So quick shout out to Jared Martin. He says, it's a great podcast. Each episode episode of the Drop-In CEO podcast never fails to teach me something new. Deb's exceptional skills in guiding aspiring leaders to reach their highest potential truly shine through. Sincerely appreciate that, Jared. Thank you so much. And we have another one from Roberta Nidlella, who will be a guest shortly on the show. And I was a guest on her show and she's listened to the podcast and she said that Deb is not only an amazing resource for helping anyone in leadership navigate those waters. But her guests are experts in and of themselves. I truly enjoy the practical insights shared on this podcast. So thank you. Thank you so much for those reviews. And if you like this program, please, we love ratings, reviews, and please tell others so we can continue to bring you great programming. So this month, what we are delving into is the topic around optimism, excitement, and time management, but more specifically, mitigating risk. Now, you may wonder, why am I bringing up risk when things are starting to move along in our goals and initiatives? It's a good question, (laughs) and I wonder myself. But then I thought it was so important to have this conversation when things are at their best, and we have time to think This is the time to pull out your list of risks for yourself, for your team, and for your business. Such things as cross-training for flexibility of your team might be one risk that you want to focus on. Personal development towards succession planning, another thing we should be paying attention to. Investing in secondary resources for your supplies or services. What if supply is interrupted? And even more so, cultivating your network in case something changes in your employment or business situation. You have people you can reach out to when in need. These are the kinds of things we should be looking at. And we always say the best time to look for a new opportunity is when you don't need it. So in essence, the best time to plan for a crisis is when you're not in a crisis. But so often leaders don't do this. It's during this time that we can take these quiet times and look at what we can prevent and ultimately what is risk mitigation. It's simply smart leadership. So you as a leader need to carve out that time, maybe 30 to 60 minutes per week and address your risks to stay ahead of the curve, almost like a personal emergency preparedness plan. 
in the end, it does save you time and you have the peace of mind that you have the plans in place. And like I said before, never try to mitigate a crisis when you're in a crisis. But so many leaders default to that mode of operation. And I don't want that for you. So again, you got your thinking hat on. Things may be going well. Your projects are moving forward. People have all the tools they need to be successful. You're optimistic. We're excited. We've got good time management. But let's start talking about risk. We need to, during these times when things are moving along well, to take the time and assess what risks we have. Now, let me share a little bit about my story. And I have done this for a few clients regarding talent management. Many of them are small and flat organizations for which there is one go-to person for each function. And they never miss a day of work until the inevitable happens. When they miss a day, they miss a week, maybe several weeks, and the clients go into crisis. Much of what I do, in addition to problem solving uh, business issues, is looking at talent. And you have to ask yourself, are people cross-trained to do the work? Or if someone leaves, have we mitigated a risk and cross-trained them on other roles? I often put together a training and competency program that assures all roles are clearly defined. SOPs or procedures and training checklists exist to assess technical skills as well as essential skills or competencies. And then what I do is we develop a dashboard to measure and close the gap of those competencies and technical skills such that we can say they are fully trained and competent within their role. It's important work to work on efforts like this to mitigate risk and avoid destabilizing an organization. Now, I'll pause there a little bit about corporate destabilization. It can happen to any organization, but is much more visible in a smaller, flatter organization. When one person leaves, you go into crisis for a while until you figure out how to pick up the pieces. In larger organizations, we may do this in multiple places. We don't prepare the leadership for the future so that when people do retire, the people aren't equipped to move up. Or if we don't take care of the people, we don't cross-train, then they're frustrated and they leave. And then we have these gaping holes in an organization that maybe have a little crisis for a while. But what if multiple people leave the organization? You start going into crisis because we never took the time to mitigate risk in terms of training and competency. So <laughs> I've built these systems for clients and they actually never have to pull the trigger on these because they are proactive. They never go into a crisis. But if somebody did leave the organization or multiple people do, you have a plan in place and essentially you avoid the crisis. But unfortunately, such leaders sometimes face these severe consequences of making bad decisions. They'll often say, you know, we don't have to do that extra testing, or maybe we'll let that out the door, because what are the chances of it actually getting to the end user and actually causing a problem? The odds are so small. And unfortunately for leaders like that, terrible consequences happen, and I don't want that to be you. Sometimes it's a lonely path to yell high, yell loud, and say, we need to be focusing on risk identification across all parts of our business. Let's do it now when things are calm, and let's prepare ourselves should the inevitable happen, or we roll the dice and bad things happen. So I want to turn to you. I want to turn to you and just reflect a little bit. Is this something that you can do? Do you have the skills to do it? Do you recognize it is something that you need to do to identify risks and mitigate them within your organization or even for yourself personally or just your team? 
So I want you to think about it, and I want to now give you a framework to address this challenge. I am interrupting this episode to offer an absolutely free networking and educational opportunity I have created, and I want you to be there. If you're a mid-level manager that loves your team and has a desire to accelerate your leadership growth, it is possible for you to become that executive leader in the next 24 months. Regardless of your area of specialty, and I know so many of you are talented, you have what it takes to be on the front line, collaborate with others, and get the job done. However, let me show you how to leverage that specialized knowledge to create solid connections with other leaders while shifting your focus from day-to-day leadership skills to long-term CEO strategy. Head over to my website, dropinceo.com, and click on the Drop-In CEO Collective to register for your next meeting. Now, back to the conversation. So here's the framework. Again, I will always say it is not rocket science, but it is a methodology that if you put yourself through this process, it clearly identifies what the risks are, how to prioritize them, and what actions to take. And it is based on the framework of FMEA failure modes and effects analysis. It could be also a food safety control plan where we identify the risks and how do we mitigate them based on a prioritization scheme. So it's simple, but sometimes leaders just don't take the time to do it. So here are the steps. First of all, identify the scope of where you're identifying the risks. Is it simply within your own team, your department, or maybe you're a quality or ops leader and need to do this on behalf of the entire facility. You need to get finance, legal, regulatory, quality, operations, HR, IT. Get everybody in a room and ask them what keeps them up at night. What are the risks they know of now? What are some risks that could happen in the future in case things change? Identify everything. And I might even include aliens. Now, don't get me wrong, I said aliens, but those things that we think that are completely outside of our control, like Mother Nature, or a pandemic, or a supply chain shortage, or a volcano in a far-off country that obliterates the forestry and no longer you are no longer able to get a critical raw material. These are all risks. So I ask you, identify as many risks as possible and slightly unreasonable so you have everything on one piece of paper, one system. So the second thing, categorize them because you're going to have this huge, huge, huge list of risks. Once you get everybody brainstorming, it's going to be very big. So I suggest that you categorize them in what makes sense, but consider categories such as people, processes, platforms, regulatory, compliance, safety, etc. Pick what makes sense to your business and group them. The next thing I suggest you do is you need to quantify these risks because you obviously cannot do everything at once, but to stick out at once is take each risk and say how severe it is and pick your own method. It could be high, medium, and low. It could be a scale of zero to 10. You pick it out, you address the criteria. If you want to know more, you can look at FMEAs anywhere on the internet and get a severity scoring system, or please feel free to reach out to me and I can share those best practices. So after you have ranked something on severity, whether it is high, medium, or low, then this is where you want to roll the dice and say, how 
often does this happen? (laughs) Is it high? (laughs) And we're just lucky and we capture it. Are your customers feeling the pain? It's happening a lot, or maybe it's extremely low, a very low chance of this ever happening based on the data. It infrequently happens. Again, a scale of high, medium, and low, 10 to 1, et cetera. Pick something like that. And then finally, there's one other risk. It's called detection. And what this means is that if you did have an occurrence of this particular risk, would your systems, processes, or programs pick it up before it got to the customer and negatively impacted them? So detection, fail-safe systems, redundancy, inspection, error-proofing, what have you. Do you have a detection system? And if you do, High five, that'll reduce the risk. And those things can be, you know, you can reduce the detection one all the way down to 10. You have no way of detecting this before it actually negatively impacts things. So so there you have it, a little bit of a prioritization scheme. Make your own, but I can also share this best practice with you. Again, just reach out to me. And then once you've done this prioritization based on severity, occurrence, and detection, you might want to multiply them together to get a final number. I call this the risk priority number and sort your entire list based on the highest down to the lowest. And there you have it. That's you basically 90% done. Some people have an additional thing where for each item, they might put a cost associated with it. So for those higher priorities, if there's a high dollar item, you might have to do an ROI analysis on it as well. And then it's just a nice list but you have to put some actions and due dates around it. So always have these lists, put an actionee, what the action is, and a due date. And once you've mitigated each of these risks, you might want to reevaluate and see if potentially you've reduced the risk number or the impact to your business. And we should always go back to this. I would suggest maybe once a quarter or at least twice a year just to make sure that you're keeping an eye on risks on your business. Now, if you've never done this before in your business, let you be the leader that others need you to be. Having the uh, the mindset of looking at risks proactively before they turn into a crisis is the sign of true leadership. So there you have the framework. It's identify, categorize, quantify, sort by priority, have your mitigation scheme, and reevaluate. So that's simple, and you can put together anything you want. You can use some of my input. You can replay this podcast. If you need something on paper, I'd be happy to share this methodology with you. Just reach out. But I will just say that this does work. I will say that mitigating risks is something you can do on a personal side also, in addition to doing this in your business or your company. I do this around my business model. I make sure that I always have income coming in and not everything is in my control. Certain streams of income can go up, others can go down, but I mitigate my risk by making sure I've got my finger in multiple streams of income so I can avoid a financial crisis for the drop-in CEO. And I also do this for relationships. I am constantly investing in relationships, meeting people like you through LinkedIn or when you reach out to me via email. I love having a conversation, building out that network because either when I or a client or you need somebody, you potentially are in chaos and maybe going into crisis by having a robust network. We have a team of people that can help us through any challenges. And the same thing finally on a personal note is my health. 
I am fortunate to be in very good health, but that is not without a risk mitigation plan. I am of an age where a lot of my friends and colleagues are starting to fall ill and are not at their best, but I have invested many, many hours in my health and wellness, exercise, eating right, trying to get enough sleep, and not working so hard so that I can maintain my health and not go into a crisis and better be in service to you and my customers and clients. So it works. It does work, but it takes you as a leader to be of the mindset and pause during good times and say, what can we do now to mitigate the risk that maybe we don't see happening, but could happen? So with that, I'll say tag your it. (laughs) Don't sit back and just say, oh, that was a nice conversation we just had, Deb. I want you to put this to practice. So think about what you just heard here. Play it again. Write down a few simple things. When can you actually start doing a risk mitigation plan for yourself or for your team? Or might you propose it at your next leadership meeting that we should go into a risk planning plan and you would be happy to guide it? Do something, write it down, plan it for maybe a week or month from now, but don't leave this podcast episode and do nothing. You yourself have the responsibility to develop yourself or maybe develop people around you that have not yet done this. Maybe you have done it and you can show them or maybe share this podcast episode and give them the framework that they need to be successful. But if you really are not sure it makes sense, but you need some guidance, I am happy to help you. Deb Coviello is the drop-in CEO. I will drop into your situation, your business situation. I'd be happy to take you through this process, lead your team as I have done for other organizations such that you can sleep at night knowing you've at least done the work, you've laid out the plan, and systematically you can work on mitigating the risk and be the best that you can be prepared for the future success and ultimately feel optimistic, be excited, and doing stuff like this can actually save time in the end. And so that's my offer. Reach out to me on LinkedIn, direct message me. I'd be happy to help. I also offer the Drop-In CEO Collective, my twice a month leadership forum where C-suite leaders of today and tomorrow can come and network with other people, get educated on strategies and essential skills that maybe you're missing, or maybe some spot coaching on this topic or any other topic that comes to mind. I do this as a complimentary offer because all I want to do is see all of you all of you succeed and have much success. So with that, I hope this was helpful. I want to thank you for being on another episode of the Drop-In CEO Podcast. Thank you for dropping in. I am just grateful that this resource is helpful for you. And if you think it's helpful for potentially others, spread the word, share, because the best thing we can do is elevate the collective, elevate everybody in our community by sharing such great resources. And with that, I wish you a great rest of your day and be well. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I hope you are inspired by our conversation and can apply what you heard to your business or career goals. If you found this episode valuable, please share this show with at least one friend who would find it useful and inspiring. Your support allows me to keep sharing insights and inspiration to leaders who are working their way to the C-suite. To connect with me or learn more about the Drop-In CEO services, go to my website at dropinceo.com. And until we meet, I wish you well and much success.